Yeah, I don't know, man. You ever just feel like life is just catapulting towards like, some greater purpose? The only DJ crazy enough to tattoo Jackie Brown on his ass. <laughs> this is Michael Mann, and I ride with Extended Clip. Welcome to Extended Clip. It is episode 229. I am one of your hosts, Eddie Averill. I'm Todd McShay, your number one draft expert. <laughs> <laughs> I'm JT White. I'm going old school. I'm Mel Kuyper. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a better name. I, I was trying to, I just pulled the first one I could think of. So he's a junior. So there's a Mel Kuyper senior that was like scouting John <laughs> Wayne at USC. <laughs> 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 that's kind of like what we're, what we're doing today exactly how do you get from todd mcshay to rio grande or uh <laughs> the searchers well you get it through uh this very special episode of extended clip testing the boundaries of spectrum-based cinephilia today uh, we are creating an alternate reality, a la Dungeons and Dragons, uh, a la fantasy football, a la the fantasy draft in your franchise mode in Madden 2K, MLB The Show, etc. We are doing the first ever extended clip alternate reality expansion draft. This is a concept I've been thinking about for a long time. The three of us are essentially going to be studio heads uh, in this alternate reality, this new form of reality where time no longer exists. And the past hundred years of cinephilia, uh, much like it is truly in the digital age of home viewing, uh, the last hundred plus years of cinephilia is all right in front of us at the same time. So. We are drafting film studios. We're going to have minimum positional requirements. Uh, we're going to include, you know, uh, four directors, three actors minimum, a writer, a composer, a cinematographer, and some flex positions as uh, fantasy sports players will know. And so the aim of this is to kind of, you know, movies have gotten so bad that we always say, well, I could do better than that. And it's not that I could be a better director than a lot of these guys, because I, I, I'm not a director, uh, but I know what good movies are. So if I ran a studio, I feel like I would make not just profitable movies, but like the best movies in Hollywood. And I think the three of us are all kind of on that same wavelength, especially if we had access to alternate realities and time machines like we do on this episode today. I I'm coming in to the film studio draft pumped like this is the this is the most high energy i think i've been for a concept in a while uh brilliant idea thank you for bringing this to the table and uh i don't know i think uh, uh we we joke around a lot a lot sure. some would say too much sure. we're not we're not serious enough here well um, i would and i think <laughs> i think finally uh Perhaps our our strategic minds will really come to the forefront. I think uh, not only I mean yeah yeah it's fun we get to play there's camaraderie here, but we're pitting our, the 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 movie brain force that we have against each other to figure out who who would have the best studio. Who's the what was it was the like old Hollywood was it the big three studios like this is. Uh, well, the, now it's this the big us. three. 
Yeah. Now it is yeah, the big yeah. three. Yeah. Because uh, we're so good that we're like, you know, you could combine multiple of them. First things first, Malcolm. Yes. Are you ready to give us the name of your studio? Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm excited for this draft. You know, we're finally getting an ode to Bill Simmons. You know, this podcast started out a little bit more Armand White. And we needed to, we realized we needed to chill out, go a little bit more mainstream, a little bit more Bill Simmons and, you know, kind of uh, a convergence of our interest in sports, mix it with movies. And we're really looking for that fan duel, uh, sponsorship, DraftKings, any of these, we want to get into selling gambling. So I think this could be a perfect gateway into that. If Barstool would like to redistribute this oh, podcast on their page, more than willing to let you do that. Uh, you know, you don't even have to ask. I've, I've asked so many times that I didn't have the dignity to ask again. So thank you, Eddie. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'll start it off with the team names. As a lot of, you know, doesn't Tar- Tarantino named his uh, studio after like Godard, like Band Apart, you know, Godard movie. I, you know, as a fan of movies myself, I am also opening the cinematic history book. And uh, my studio name is called the Double E Foundation. Uh, and to explain what that means, it's, uh, it's a referring to the, the iconic short film Electrocuting an Elephant, uh, made by Edwin S. Porter. And I think this movie is vastly underrated. And mainly just for the, the idea of it, you know what I mean? They're like, why don't we get like a huge animal, all high and mighty, these high and mighty snooty elephants, and, you know, why don't we electrocute it? And uh, it's still pretty, you know, shocking to see to this day. I think most people would watch that and they'd be upset for the elephant. And I'm not going to say I wasn't either, but uh, I just... I like the the ingenuity and the daringness and uh, Thomas Edison. You know, he was one of the great entrepreneurs in history. So uh, the Double E Foundation. Interesting. Um, you know, PETA is not going to like that. But you know who is going to like that? Me. I, I actually think that's pretty <laughs> awesome. Uh, <laughs> I, I think that's fantastic. Uh, for visual viewers here, uh, we do have a still from Electrocuting the Elephant here. All right. JT, uh, we are so glad to have you as a general manager living in Philadelphia. Uh, I, I know you have really taken a lot of influence from Daryl Morey. Uh, and Daryl Morey's like <laughs> style of building a team is really uh, going to reflect on your drafting style. So what is, uh, what is your team name? I, I kind of went the classic route. There is, I don't know, you you know, like Warner Brothers, like it's a oh I know Warner the, Brothers, the Warner Brothers that uh, that that they own it, they own it, um, and so I'm going with the uh, crazy white boy films, um, okay, <laughs> and uh, it doesn't really <laughs> it doesn't really have much to do with the ethos of uh my company okay uh we like there's nothing it's it's purely my last name this is not the the film company is not racially motivated in any way if anything we were racially motivated to produce diverse films uh because that's very lucrative at the moment um that like i I don't know we're you'll you'll see i i don't know kind of what we're about um 
as uh, as the draft process goes on. And I think you'll be able to see um, what some of the heads here at Crazy White Boy Films are uh, thinking about. Um, but another fun little detail about our company, um, the production company logo um, is the uh, silhouette of a man who appears to be uh, big country Bryant Reeves uh, doing a dunk. It's just the silhouette. It's like kind of like the the Jordan logo, but it's a silhouette of a big white guy doing a dunk that smashes uh, the uh, shatters the backboard, and then the shattered glass uh, spells out crazy white boy films. <laughs> I like uh, that a lot, actually. <laughs> that is that is quite good. And uh, for the visual viewers on this one, as this is, of course, a visual podcast, this episode, as well as an audio podcast. But I think the best, because like I, I love podcasts. The medium is always going to be audio only to me. But if people want video, they got video this time around. And uh, uh, for mine, I, I am going to... Uh, you know what i'm trying to do is i'm trying to like discombobulate what people think movies even are but at the same time i'm trying to bring back the tradition of arts in the public and people really loving art again for art's sake and that's why my production company is called picasso pictures so you know it's all about just like classy having a big nose and putting it on your ears and, uh, you know, sometimes you have like your chin is also your arms and a picture of a guitar is actually a bunch of blocks. Uh, so that's kind of the ethos of my company. <laughs> you know, we're just uh, we're just, you know, really flipping movies on their heads. But at the same time, the art is just undeniable. So let's get into the lottery. Uh, are you guys ready to uh, to spin the wheel? Uh, <laughs> Malcolm, do you have a, a draft selector for us ready to go? Um, so I have a wheel here. It's a one, two, three. And I guess I, I'm not sure. Sh- is there a way I could show it? I guess I don't have to show it. This is uh, audio. Yeah. Um, I'll take you for your word that you're yeah. not. The, I, the integrity of the draft is too much at yeah. stake here. I, I, I have complete faith in you. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do anything like that. So without further ado, let's get the first spin going. The first pick in the draft is rewarded to Eddie Avery. So congrats to you. So Picasso Pictures will be drafting number one. And the last spin to determine a two or three. Kind of interesting. You might want three more than two in this draft, considering it's a snake draft. So let's see what happens here. The anticipation is killing all of our <laughs> audio only uh, listeners. Sorry, I insist. I, I'm just so caught up. <laughs> and the second pick in the draft is awarded to JT White, Crazy White Boy Films, meaning I okay. will be picking third. All right. So let's get right into it, dude. Uh, for the very first pick in the draft, my very first pick in the wow, this is so crazy because there's so many people on the board. You know, LeBron James is on the board, John Ford is on the board, Kobe Bryant is on the board, uh, Jesus Christ himself is on the board. But I am going to go with the little tramp himself, Charles Chaplin. 
Uh, Charles Chaplin, I mean, what can you say about him? He's the GOAT. He is, uh, I think, the greatest two-tool player of all time if you're talking about director, actors. Uh, he's probably the most individualist uh, filmmaker of uh, America for the first 50 years of its cinema. Uh, he's someone who even got in on the ground floor of scoring his own films, you know? Uh, he's such a, you know, maverick of everything, every aspect of filmmaking uh, that I just want him on the ground floor. I mean, there's a reason he was one of the four people who started United Artists. So, Charlie Chaplin, get on up here and uh, put on your big stupid hat. Out of everyone you could have ever chose, Chaplin, I think that's a good that's a good pick. Uh, I was kind yeah. of expecting it, but I think you know it's, <laughs> it's just it's monumental. He's, yeah. he's the first, number one pick. Yeah, great great selection. Uh, again, no no surprises coming from you, Eddie. But I, I I don't know. It makes sense. I'm curious how 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 the rest of the roster is going to fill out around him. Exactly. You know, he's someone that you don't really have to build around him. He's someone that is a very uh, a portable player, as it were. But now it is time for the second pick of the draft. JT, who are you going with? Uh, my first pick uh, is going to be uh, m- many people's favorite, uh, Big Jim Cameron. Wow. We're going with uh, Cameron. Uh, kind of the mindset here at uh, Crazy White Boy Films is that uh, Cameron's a moneymaker. We know we know this. It's proven. He has like some of the highest grossing pictures of all time. And uh, cards on the table here. This is this is we're a movie studio. We're about making money. We're uh, here uh, to um, I don't know, make, like make a picture, make something people like. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's a business. We're going to run it as such. So uh, I think James Cameron is a smart, uh, smart choice there for raking in the cash. JT just walked up to the whiteboard that said crazy white boy and wrote an S at the end of it and put a dollar sign through it. <laughs> crazy white boys. <laughs> That's, I mean, Cameron, I was wondering where Cameron would fall on the board because he's, I mean, he makes billion dollar, you know, movies, right? So the money factor is there. And plus, I think we all like, we all like him too. So I was wondering if maybe I could kind of sneak him in, but JT got him. I got to be honest, it's a reach. You didn't need to go that high for Cameron, but that's my draft analysis. That's my early draft analysis. He, but maybe I'm biased because frankly, he wasn't even on my board. So we'll see. We'll see. He was on my mind. So don't feel, don't feel bad. No, it's, hey, we're like, we, each studio has its own unique flavor to it. Yeah. Um, Seems like Eddie's a little bit more artsy a24 kind of a style (laughs) like man um some of us are in it for other reasons that's okay that's just uh we all play the game differently it's just uh i I respect you both regardless well i'm i'm excited about having picks three and four i think this is going to be a huge grab for me i'm just predicting it right now um you you know i'm gonna just say them back to back i'm just okay you know present them to you and i think you guys, these are some big hitters. Um, for my third overall pick, I'll take Orson Welles. And for my fourth overall pick, I'll take Clint Eastwood. Holy Ooh. shit. Ooh, you wow. had two guys wow. on the top five of my draft board. I mean, they're very versatile guys. Uh, um, both can direct and act. Both, uh, 
you know, and both, you know, Orson Welles, he has an artistic side, but he made, you know, he's, he's made classic films. I mean, Citizen Kane, uh, you got to think that the, the Blu-ray sales on that would be pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, uh, you know, it being the most watched black and white film ever, but, um, it's, it's really their versatility and, you know, Eastwood, Eastwood is, uh, you know, he makes mainstream movies, but, um, quality movies and his acting is par none. I mean, they're, they're the, I think the value is obvious. I don't need to sing these guys' praises. Hey, we, we just spent a whole hour giving Eastwood his flowers last time, and we've done it plenty with Orson. The thing is, the versatility with Orson, man, like, he can come in and just, like, recut a movie for you, too. Like, he's, like, one of the most gifted editors in film history. Uh, And also, you can throw him fucking $50,000 to make a movie. I think in terms of your own economy of your studio, Wells, that's that's maybe the best overall value pick. The draft is now back to JT for the second round. Uh, Pick number five. Who do you got? Uh, We got a little bit of a changeup for you, but he's a young guy. Um, he's more in the new media realm. Like I think, uh, honestly, he's a powerhouse. He's bringing a lot to the table. And frankly, I don't even think he's on your guys' radar. Uh, I am going with Jimmy Donaldson, a.k.a. Mr. Beast. <laughs> uh, this man has, like, he is the most subscribed individual uh, YouTube user uh, he is a philanthropist. He like is in his videos. He makes his videos like that's a versatility. And he's coming up. He's coming up with so many different ideas. I'm thinking like we we get Jimmy in there. I'm not. I to be honest, I'm not even exactly sure the role he plays yet. But I think he's like he's young. He's hungry for it. We get him in there. We get him in the room with Jim. Like they're, you know, what they're cooking up is crazy. Um, yeah, and that's yeah, a, again, that's an early it, positionless flex pick. I like that. <laughs> I I was well, I was thinking uh, when could I, be an actor I, in too. my in my planning here, I have him uh, as development. Yes, uh, okay. he 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 fills the development role. Um, yeah, again, it's it's about cash, baby. There's uh, we have a saying here around the office uh, that's. This could always be the first trillion dollar movie. Uh, and we kind of bring that mindset into everything we cook up. Um, yeah. That's an interesting pick. Um, I'm apt to be honest, he was not on my big board. I, I wasn't considering him, but that's why, you know, you have your studio, I got mine. My one concern, I think, I think he's someone you could have got late around, so, but I admire, this is kind of like you putting your faith in him, kind of backing him with all your might. Because I, the one thing I'm concerned about, I, we haven't seen him on the big screen. We haven't seen any of his work on the big screen. This guy could be a, you know, a, a pure YouTuber through and through. And True. But think about it, it right now. Yeah. If, if this mm-hmm. exercise took place in the NBA, someone's taking Wemby top four, right? Like, Absolutely. And he's never played a game of basketball in the NBA. Frankly, that means he's never played <laughs> a game of fucking basketball. True. So it, it's I, I respect potential. the reach. I respect the reach because there is just like it's a world that we don't know. You know, YouTube is like French basketball. I don't know what it is, <laughs> but if he's the best, it might fucking translate in a huge way. 
Uh, I have the sixth and seventh picks of the draft for my second and third picks. I, uh, you know, I went with a very classic man the first time. And you know what? I'm going to go with another classic one right here. This guy, I can't believe. I cannot believe that John Ford slipped to the end of round two in our draft. As a pure filmmaker, it doesn't get much better than that. Uh, You can get, like, I'm going to bring back the Western. The Western will exist again. I'm John Ford and I direct Westerns is a phrase that he wouldn't say if he didn't fucking mean it. And I'm I'm just going to get under his skin. I'm going to, like, be a little stinker to him. I'm going to, I'm going to, like, accuse him of some, like, down low stuff. Like, some stuff that he really wouldn't like so that he can just really fucking prove me wrong and bring the Western back. Um, My next one is probably going to be i don't know you know that like now i have two classic directors in my stable right i have john ford i have charlie chaplin and like these are guys that just i don't know it's a very classicism uh driven draft for me so far so it's time for me to zag at the start of round three and uh my next pick is easily my greatest physical specimen um he's seven foot three probably about 350 pounds uh at this point the body fat isn't quite what we want it to be you know in the 90s it was much better i'm going shaquille o'neal uh, with my next pick, uh, I think Shaq is just ooh, like one of the ooh. most dynamite fucking TV personalities of all time. He's great in the Adam Sandler movies. And also, like, look, if Charlie Chaplin and John Ford are walking around Hollywood these days, they need protection. They need someone who's going to make <laughs> them feel safe. They've never seen a man over seven foot in their lives. But when they see Shaq, they're going to know that they not only have a great start uh, with potential to unlock on the big screen uh they also have physical safety and also you know he'll contribute to a soundtrack here and there but i'm really looking at him as like a press guy for the studio like he's going to be getting the word out about all these movies he's going to be doing tv talk shows where he's like talking to chaplin about his first film in 100 years he's be like hey uh hey charlie hey uh charlie so uh you uh you talking in this one you talking in this one you talking in this one, Chuck? <laughs> and it's going to be great, and everyone's going to love it. Uh, so that is my seventh pick in the draft, Shaq. Now it is back to JT for his third pick. Third pick here. We're going with, again, I I, I zag pretty hard with Mr. Beast. I, I know that's a... And again, I think, I think I have a lot of surprises in store for you guys. Um, but again, like... We're we're about making money, but it's a movie's first studio. We're getting in a lot of young guys um, that are like they're money men. They know that they, they know that they know how to how to how to get eyes on the screen. But we need someone who, who's a little rooted in kind of the, in classic movies, uh, but also has that big money flair, and so. The first, like, true blue acting talent I'm getting is uh, Tom Cruise. Oh, yeah. I uh, think Jimmy's going to be able to cook up some good stunts for him. Uh, Tom's always game. Uh, Yeah, no, I, uh, yeah. I think the uh, already you're cooking with something with the the Tom Cruise James Cameron movie for lead in the pack for yeah. our uh, our our movies that we're going to be making here at the end of the episode. That is that is an absolutely stellar thing. But 
How do you feel about the uh, the Scientology stuff? Do you think you're going to be able to work with them? Uh, I think so. I mean, it's something we look. We got a lot of power players here. We have a lot of big wealthy men that are coming on board. I'm going to have to. We, we have a blind eye to some things here, and uh, that's okay. It's like to be honest, Crazy White Boy Films, a little bit of a boys' club. Uh, but uh, I, I don't know. Well, I think uh, again. I don't what you do outside of the studio entirely your business. I don't really care off court antics. That's fine. Like just so long as you show up uh, for uh, I don't want to say practice, but so long you show up at the studio. I mean rehearsal early call time. Yeah, rehearsals practice. Yeah, I don't know. You're you're so long as you put in the work, you're good with me. We talking about rehearsal, uh, Malcolm, the ninth and tenth picks of the draft. I mean, I admire your guys' approach, especially your yours, JT. It's kind of a new age, new wave, thinking outside the box. But my one concern is, you know, who actually likes movies? It's unfortunately, despite our efforts, it's not quite the younger generation. And I know that that's an untapped market, you know what I mean? But I'm, I'm appealing to um, classic value, family values, kind of some sound of freedom type shit. And uh, mm-hmm. not really, not really. So I want someone who's the <laughs> epitome of consistency. Someone, and both of these picks are, you know, people I know that are always going to give me their best. Much like Wells and Eastwood, I think these are very consistent people that I could rely on. And just on the basis of themselves, they could carry me far. So for number nine, I'm going Alfred Hitchcock. And number 10, I'm going Al Pacino. Very, very classic choices there. Again, I can see uh, you're going, you're, you're hardcore respecting the tradition of film. You're, I, I get like you, you have the TCM audience. I mean, also Eddie too, like you're both, you're, you're fighting there. You, you can get those folks locked in seats. Pacino was pretty high on my board. I got to say, I kind of slipped on Hitchcock. That's a, that's a slip for me because that's putting butts in the seats and it's suspense. It's the, it's something that'll never die. Exactly. That's kind of my idea. Hitchcock's that's the thing. It's like for old directors, right? Who are the old directors people? I mean, we love John Ford, but I mean, I think, but like, I think Hitchcock translates best maybe to the modern day or at least seems to. I would say Billy Wilder, Billy Wilder too, but But he's not uh, one of our favorites. Yeah, I guess I guess that's true. But also, I think um, Wilder. So, but I think people know people might be watching a Billy Billy Wilder movie and not know too much about Wilder. That I think that's that that could be more of a possibility where it's people know Hitchcock. They know Hitchcock by name. They know his style. Yeah. He was one of the first brand name auteurs. Very reliable. Some I guess one thing that I didn't consider. He does have a history of studio hijinks. You know, maybe going over budget, so I might I might have to keep a close eye on him. But you might uh, want to also keep a close eye on the female stars of your studio. But uh, I don't see any <laughs> women getting drafted anytime soon. I will be drafting some women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. That's what they all say. Fifth round, realize, oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> Just panic and fucking take Isabella Johnny in the fourth, like yeah, uh, Celine Siama. <laughs> Oh fucking yeah! That's JT reaching for Siama in the fifth. I would, I would never. I, <laughs> look, we're about making money here. Show me. Let's let's pull up the receipts for Petite Maman. Let's see how many. 
I tell you, three people who sat through that, uh, us, and thank God we didn't have to fucking pay for it. Thank you, Berlin, yeah. for accrediting us. Um, <laughs> JT, you got the next pick in the draft. You don't get a lot of my personality and preference uh, for movies in uh, in our studio. Again, I'm trying to keep emotions out of it, trying to keep my heart. What I really want to see on screen isn't exactly what the, the, the layman wants, and I get that. Um, but this, this pick is a lot of personality, a lot of love here, and I'm super excited we were getting him. I feel like this is one of my picks that might have been on the other radars, but uh, we're bringing SRK. Shower Khan. We're getting the Tom Cruise Shower Khan collab. Wow. That's uh it's it's coming together. Wow. That is powerful because now you just got like literally the two biggest stars in the world. Like Shower Khan's probably the biggest movie star in the world everywhere except America. And then Tom Cruise is the biggest movie star in America. It truly doesn't get any bigger than that. JT is dreaming big. He's reaching for the stars. And we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see. Sometimes it's not just star power. Sometimes you know you get. Into, what are you going to make? The Avengers? You know. Uh, we'll see. We'll see about it. We'll see about it. Uh, 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 <laughs> was on my board, and originally when you were talking about your alternative plan, I thought that you were just going to draft a full Bollywood studio. That's that's what I thought your <laughs> original plan was. So I was I was thinking about taking SRK early to maybe spoil you, but that's. That's one I really wanted. That would be a great podcast. JT naming Indian guys for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'm again, uh, globalism is hot. Like I, uh, it's true. I just watched get... past lives. That was a globalist success. You know, <laughs> I, I want like a four, four quadrant picture. I want something that the grandma, um, the kids, Little like uh, college, college age. I don't know. We're, we want something for everyone. So we're trying to get like uh, Indians, Chinese, whites. Um, <laughs> we're trying to get all the all of them in the seats. You know. Hey, that's how you got to do it. You know, even if you got to segregate your audience a little bit, but I think you're going to mesh them together. I think <laughs> we're trying to bring them together. Yeah, I think the globalist dream is going to finally come true at uh, crazy ass white boy, <laughs> crazy white boy films. <laughs> um, for my next pick, I am going to pick someone very special, near and dear to my heart. I am going to pick Lucio Fulci. For my next pick now you might think that he's a reach here but this is my strategy here i am going back to the old mode of like the genre factory right like uh, i you know it's going to be like an assembly line with the genre movies and every single action crime horror anything that has any sort of action whatsoever all of the gore will go through lucio fulci there will be no gore that Fulci does not see. So if any movie has anything with like a character getting poked even, it's going to be like the eyeball stuff from the beyond. It's going to be 
like people getting limbs chopped off in all his movies you know uh it's gonna be like the uh the zombie shark fight in uh zombie 2 if anyone ever goes underwater in any movie at my studio uh so lucio fulci is my 12th pick and uh for the number 13 pick i'm gonna grab the first composer now the composer position here is it's kind of like kickers and like tight ends where it's like there's like two good ones in the league uh obviously there's a billion great composers but there's the few that everyone wants you know uh so i'm going with ennio morricone uh the dude like any single fucking score he made he elevated that movie so much you watch any mid italian western from the 60s that has one of his scores you're just gonna have a rip roar in time because he is the greatest film composer of all time and he is gonna compose all of the music for every movie at my studio yeah you know going in i i imagine morricone was gonna be first composer picked off the board I have to be honest, I, I wrote him down, but I was kind of like, I was kind of in my head like, I, I, got, I think I'm going to give, I'm going to let someone else take Morricone, because I have no idea where he might end up on the board. It could be very high. And to be honest, this this might be a little bit high, but I think Morricone's value is, is it's so useful. I think he can make bad movies good, you know what I mean? So yeah. I, think, I think Morricone's a good value pick here, even if some people criticize the strategy of taking composers early i think you got to have a good composer on that absolutely uh it's not like a defense special teams kind of thing you know like it's it's very important people underrate how important music is you know i remember when i was in film school one of my teachers showed us like a clip with and without score from i think like uh i think soderbergh's traffic or something like that and uh everyone was like wow it's so much worse without the score I was like, well, that's kind of a bad example, I guess, but it is pretty clear uh, how much music has to do with the cinema. So Ennio Morricone is my pick. Now next is going to be JT again. Um, I'm throwing the first uh, woman up on the board, and uh, I think I think you can guess who it's going to be, given my picks. Uh, it's Greta Gerwig. Uh, she, <laughs> she has. A, I see you just put woman there, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, Greta. She's she's doing great. She's Barbie movies is raking it in, and I mean, I might disagree with her about that film. I may not like it all that much, but like, uh, she knows what people like. She's making money. Um, she's she's a triple threat. She like acts. She directs. She writes like I, I gotta say it, for looking for again some some people in the league might like say this is clear diversity pick like we haven't like there's no woman here woman this like what blah, blah 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 like uh, but I I think she's high value to me like uh, that's what that's why she's getting picked so early that's why she's coming on I think again and she she's she. She respects some classical values too. She's gonna make. Uh, I, I I don't know. I think she is gonna really be able to pull something together here with us. Um, yeah. Sold me on the pick, JT, because you know, honestly, whatever. I, I'm not even gonna say what I thought before. But Gerwig, you're right. That's a triple threat. That's someone who can act, direct, and write. And that's. I don't know. I. I if you see my board so far, you, you see that I value uh, position flexible flexibility. So I think I think Greta Van Gerwig, as Eddie has written, 
might be a sleeper pick. You know, uh, I, I think that I think there's some intelligence there in that pick. Oh, there's some intelligence in her, all right. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, don't I don't know what that's supposed to mean. But, uh, um, Malcolm's on the clock. You know, I have to be honest. The way I view it, this is a director's league. And, you know, we've been picking a lot of directors early. Except for JT. JT's got a little alternate direction. But me, I'm going to get my directors early. Um, you know... I just had a realization, and I'm, I'm switching it up mid-pick. I realize I cannot pick who I was about to say. Um, let me let me take a, a lady as, as well. Uh, is it really a, is it because you can't pronounce the name? No, it's because it. I given the roster I already have, I feel like it would be a redundant pick, um, and I'll, I'll reveal it afterwards. I don't want to even say certain names because you guys might not even think of them. Um, wow! Wow! But but uh, Lauren Bacall. Wow! Great pick. Uh, Nice powerhouse actress. Uh, You know, anytime she's on screen, you know your eyes are. You have to watch it. It's whether it's not a question of whether you want to or not. You're. It's it's just pure magnetism there. And then, do you have things written down on note cards, by the (laughs) way, or is that a post-it note? I've uh, written notes. For the video feed, if I'm like clicking around on my computer, I don't know. I, don't know. <laughs> I think it's it's better to have notes. Um, so I got these physical notes. And okay, I, no 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 judgment, man. Just I, I just no want a judgment. No judgment. I mean, I don't want you guys hacking into my shit and stealing my draft strategy. You know what I mean? That's a possibility. So we keep everything on paper around here. Um, then you know what? Uh, late late minute substitution. You know what? I'm going to indulge a little bit. Give me mm-hmm. Jean-Luc Godard. Wow. Give me Jean-Luc Godard. Nice. Now, this okay. is one that I was totally unsure where he would go in the draft. This He could have been a top five pick, and he could have gone undrafted. Yeah. I My my idea behind the thing, Godard, you know, not exactly a moneymaker, but he's got his, uh, his 60s films that are, you know, there's some Tumblr cachet. There's some money to be made there. But to be honest, I know we're trying to make money, but if I were a film studio, Godard, someone I'd, I want to keep working. I want to give Godard as much money as he needs. And, you know, uh, we all we all kind of have every studio kind of has the one director that they'll, they're willing to go into the loss for, go into the gray. And maybe that's not how you guys want to run your studio. But um, I'm giving Godard unlimited funds. Uh, yeah. Love the guy. I mean, that's, a, that's a bold sake. choice. I, Love it. Again, kind of, it's 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 poison to my organization. But like, again, we're running, we're we're in the same league, but we're running uh, different studios. I uh, I respect the choice. Again, you gotta you gotta keep a, a tight grip on that one. I mean, admittedly, yeah. like uh, I don't know, sometimes may not play as well with others. Like, uh, but I mean, maybe, maybe if you have a loose, loose grip, like give them some yeah. breathing room, you might maybe get the best work from them. I, mean, I don't know. It's going to be, I respect Jean-Luc Godard way too much to make him work for a Jewish studio head like myself. <laughs> he would hate that. He would hate <laughs> that. Probably run into all the same problems he had throughout his career, you know, oui, um, oui. <laughs> but, uh, Godard. You know, JT, I agree with you, but kind of like thinking big brain, thinking like outside of the universe, get Jim Cameron, Tom Cruise, Mr. Beast, Godard in a room. 
see what they make. That might be the that might be that the is, cinema. So I that I, is crazy. Yeah, I, I do have to say, you know, Godard. I know he's a socialist or he's a democratic socialist. I believe that that was his political leanings. But. Yeah, if I recall correctly, <laughs> Godard said that Bernie may have been a little too far to the left, but he enjoyed free health care. <laughs> sometimes you got to take the radicals what they're peddling and you got to turn around and sell it and sometimes that's what uh you know the biggest the biggest sometimes that's the biggest gross so that's that's my idea behind the book all right jt the 17th pick of the draft it's all you um yeah for the 17th pick of the draft uh again i would say this is and i, I mean gerwig has uh, some flexibility and I, I've also been looking I mean I have some guys that like kind of stick to their lane are like good at like are great at like one position but again you want you want flexibility here especially because it's just, you're you're like 12 12 folks uh, you're building a tight studio it's things got to run like a well-oiled machine and again I'm going for the global angle I want um, a like I want to make movies that wherever you go, people love them. And so I'm picking Wu Jing. Uh, you he was in the Meg Two as a uh, since it was a uh, Chinese American co-production. Uh, Wu Jing also you may know him as he's a actor director and martial artist. You have a lot of flexibility there uh, in terms of roles that he can fill out. Um, I, I think we're going to make a lot of action pictures here. Having a martial artist on the team would certainly help. And also uh, Forbes China celebrity list. He's He ranks number one in 2019. Um, he uh, directed one of the highest grossing Chinese films, Wolf Warrior 2. Um, again, we're, we're trying to get a little bit of everything, something for everyone, but uh, high-value money-making players. We're, uh, we're here to have a good time. There's a lot of, like, there are a lot of boys' room antics uh, at, at our studio. We have fun. No one's, uh, no one's never going to accuse me of being a tight ass. We, lo- we love to have fun. Uh, but we're, we're just trying to – we want to keep it going. Keep it going. Uh, I am so glad that you went with Wu Jing because I was very worried that you were going to take my next pick. Fucking Jackie Chan, dude. Uh, My next two picks are both going to be ambassadors to our father nation of China. Uh, It's going to be Jackie Chan and Jia Jung-kuh. Uh, one of the great art house directors of all time, who I think will literally be a great liaison for the studio, in addition to Jackie Chan, uh, to the CCP. And I think that uh, this is my biggest money-making machine of any of my picks, because what is the biggest market? The Chinese market, of course. Who's the biggest Chinese star of all time? Mr. Chan. Uh, who is the greatest Chinese director of all time? Zha Zhangke. So, well, that's up for debate, but he's my favorite. Uh, so I think that the team of Jackie Chan and Jia Jungkook, we're going to have some austere art house movies. We're going to have some documentaries that are made on the low. Uh, we're also going to have some rip roaring action comedies. Uh, dude, fucking Jackie Chan and Shaq together. Come on. 
it's going to be the best movie ever. And then Jackie can you, Chan. Can you imagine fucking, you know, Jackie Chan delivering a punch and then the gore effect on a close up reaction is done by like someone who worked on Lucio Fulci's gore movies? You know, it would be the greatest thing in cinema history. And I would have great relations with the Chinese, which is obviously more important every day when you're trying to make money in cinema. Fiajake is an interesting pick. Uh, someone that I thought about adding to my board, but I thought, you know, just there wasn't enough room for him. But it's good to see that you value him. You know, maybe I could get one of my guys that I thought was going to get taken. But uh, definitely someone I would have wanted on my team. But I, I just, I was maybe saving him for, you know, drafts onwards. So you, you got him. You got him here. Yeah, I think a lot of people under the undervalue the Chinese in this draft. Uh, you know, it, it's uh, you're going to get a lot of good value there. Um, JT, what is your next pick? After some consideration, I think we're going to go uh, with Robert McKee. Um, again, <laughs> like we're building uh, a crazy, crazy roster here about like traditional. Uh, big money making pictures. I think that like it's we're not making some frou frou art house bullshit. Uh, no offense. I love that. I love that stuff. Don't get me wrong. Whatever you whatever you want to watch in your personal life, that's fine by me. I'm not going to judge it. Um, but like I I want everyone to remain focused. Um, sort of uh, just keep keep their head in the game. Know what like. We need some tight screenplays here. We, uh, if if we're making the uh, the the opus that has SRK, Tom Cruise, may, maybe uh, we have Gerwig in there. Some some sort of love triangle, given her like flexibility. But again, we're we're open. We're we're, we're still we're still workshopping our big picture that we pour more money than God and man into. But I I think McKee gives us a level head. All right. I, I think that's a great pick. I think he is as as just a he is a screenwriting guru, but as the one screenwriter dedicated to your studio, he's gonna whip everything into that perfect fucking three act shape, baby. Yeah, I was wondering uh when the first writer would be taken off the board and how they'd be valued. It's a uh, it's an interesting position here, you know. So I think McKee, McKee, like you know, JT, you're you're very smart. He was not someone who was on my radar, but it's it's kind of like how, that's pretty classic, you know. How could he not consider? Um, appears that I'm up next with my my two picks. We got to zoom in on Jackie. Jackie was definitely <laughs> on my board. Definitely was potentially to be my next pick so eddie we are i think we're working with some pretty similar lists here i think we're we're kind of uh competing for the same scraps here which is pretty interesting to me ah uh, it's tough this is tough but i think i think i will well here let me let me for this pick we'll go first you guys have made some bold picks i've kind of kept it vanilla so i i will you know you guys have inspired me to kind of with uh pick this guy because i think it's a big ask of uh, for my the twenty first pick, I will pick David Geffen. Uh, David Geffen. Uh, Dave, David Geffen. Uh, you know, I think he has run a film studio before, or has financed a film studio. He has seven point. I think he has a net worth of seven point six billion dollars. 
He's got a lot of famous friends. He's got a big list of famous friends that he, you know, he likes to call, hang out with. Um, and I think he's someone that will be a great asset. I mean, just the money alone is going to be great. It's going to keep us afloat. You know what I mean? And uh, he's just, he's, he knows a lot of names. He knows Spielberg. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm not saying Spielberg's someone I'm going to draft, but maybe... You know, you could uh, talk him into doing a movie, blackmail him possibly with information that uh, there could be out on him. So David Geffen is my pick. And then I got back-to-back picks. Uh, I'm going to, you know, fill out my actors and directors here with this pick. I'm going to take Denzel Washington. <laughs> I uh, I think Denzel nice. is very versatile, can make a lot of different type of movies. And to be honest, I, I'm, a, I'm a little bit... My main choice is selfish. I'm, I'm a little bit over these Equalizer movies. I don't want to see Equalizer 4 and 5, you know what I mean? I want a, I want a Deja Vu 2, I guess, or something like that. So, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Denzel, I think, I, I feel like he's just super classic. And I, I have kind of, I feel like I've strayed towards an older audience here. But I am, I'm drafting NFL style. I could get the classic old talent now, and then all these young guns... I could get the young guys of next year, 10 years from now when I need them. So that's I, I had Denzel very high on my board. I was kind of like le- seeing how far he would slip, you know, how late I could get him as my. I can't believe I took Shaq ahead of Denzel. Uh, <laughs> 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 JT, it is your pick. I, I have to say a lot of a lot of my picks, a lot of guys that I've been eyeing up pretty high value in my uh, studio have have gone uh, uncalled so far so I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty comfortable we got some room here um, this is a pick that's gonna get it's uh, hey, look it's a political choice I uh, people might burn me for that I okay um, but I think given the current global situation, and the way the world is changing, really, I think that he's resourceful. I'd say once this whole like Russia business gets settled down, I think he's going to be a real asset. I'm calling uh, Vladimir Zelensky uh, <laughs> onto the board because you know he's a comedian. You know this before he uh, he ran he started running this uh, Ukraine country deal. <laughs> Um, that I, he, I did not like, know that. Wow, he was uh, he was their John Stewart, um, <laughs> and I think that like cultural cachet around him already pretty popular with liberals. Um, or like people are ready. Like what? Like and again, you get you get a hero on the roster. I mean, I know already signed Clint, um, but like it's in that vein. It's just like I mean, obviously Clint is off the table for me, but maybe we get. Like big Jim Cameron, uh, working. It, so I'm sure there's a there's a part there for Wu Jing as well to tell the definitive story of the Ukraine Russia war. I, I, I just think I, I think that could be not only a lucrative picture, uh, but a very meaningful one as well. Set the record straight. Wow, that's a, that's a smart pick because. It's a it's a big idea in itself. It's kind of like we're gonna like by getting almost drafting Zelensky is almost like buying the rights to the Ukraine Russia epic that will come out of it. Someone's gonna make it. You know what I mean? That's a that's a movie that's gonna exist regardless. So why not 
crazy white boy studios. I think Zelensky was a very intelligent pick. But I have to ask, does he, where does he hit? Fit? Is he an actor, flex? Where is he in your roster? I'm saying actor. Okay. I think like. Oh, he's an actor, all right. <laughs> <laughs> As uh, Jean-Luc Godard said. <laughs> True, yeah. That's, that's, so we got a little natural beef going on here. Maybe your studio versus my studio, JT. Uh, it's all love. Uh, between us, it's whatever that is, is the, the worst fucking pick of draft. <laughs> <laughs> Zelensky, get the fuck out of here. Oh, wait, what happened to the draft? Where'd it go? What the fuck? If this goes up to a vote, JT's winning because it's the <laughs> most entertaining choice. So he... I think he. I think he might have drafted. I mean, let's let's finish the draft. We can analyze after. All right, I am taking Judy Garland with my next pick, uh, and I'm not going to abuse her like the other studios did. <laughs> she's gonna have a beautiful long career, and we're gonna be best friends, and she's never gonna touch a drug in her life except maybe weed. That would be cool. Judy Garland smoked weed. <laughs> Judy Garland stoner movie. That's, Judy hey. Garland stoner movie where she's like you know really hamming it up, doing the doing the hand motions when she's singing, like that kind of thing. Like that would in her mm-hmm. you know uh, stoner roommate played by uh Shaq is like what are you doing man like hey judy hey judy hey judy are you gonna pass that uh so that would be a fun <laughs> movie okay so judy garland that was my one that was my eighth pick so starting the starting the ninth round of the draft here uh i am gonna go with you know what I just, I feel so bad that it took me this long and, you know, much like, uh, and I'm not going to take him, but I wish I would take Lou Reed here, but like Lou Reed said on his album, The Blue Mask, I love women. Uh, so I am going to go with Catherine Hepburn as my next pick. Uh, I'm just going classic stardom because you know, what's funny is I was thinking about going Kate Blanchett and then I was like, remember that movie where Kate Blanchett does that awful, uh, Hepburn imitation? <laughs> I should just take Hepburn, right? <laughs> uh, and I love Kate Blanchett too. Tar is like on my draft board. She, she might get, I might pick Tar herself. Honestly, I'm, I'm thinking about it. It's cause like, then I need a conductor for my orchestra, you know, but yeah, uh, that is my pick. Now it is up to JT. Okay. Um, we the, the two big things that I need to settle here uh, towards the tail end of the draft are uh, music and cinematography. Um, and I, I, have, I have folks in mind for both of them, but we're going to settle the issue of music first. And again, like, I don't know. Music, not really my thing. I'm more of a movies guy. Like, I don't, again... Uh, we're we're going for what's popular here. We're like go what people like, and uh, I, I don't know f- folks in the office. Like we're we're looking we're in the our our offices in Burbank, and we're like looking out like we're looking in some sort of mystical direction where I can see uh, the long line at the Hollywood Bowl, and people <laughs> are lining up for Taylor Swift. So we're drafting Taylor Swift. Wow. You know, I don't uh, know if people know this, but she's kind of on like a historic run right now. I don't know if people know (laughs) this, but she's kind of like unbelievable right now. Yeah. I mean, you know, regardless what you think of the music, how many tickets she's selling, you have to respect that. You really do. I mean, that's art right there. And also, I mean, given Amsterdam, like uh, there are some auteurs uh, brave enough to cast her in an acting role as well. Um, I'm not sure. Oh, sorry. Sorry, yeah. No, you go. 
I was saying, what's JT's roster looking like right now? Because JT's uh, roster right now, because we are doing the visual feed where you could see it. But for listeners who are not uh, up to date right now, and we'll do a we'll do a run through maybe at the end of next round. But overall, JT right now is working with James Cameron, Mr. Beast, Tom Cruise, Shah Rukh Khan, Greta Gerwig, Wu Jing, Robert McKee, Zelensky, and Taylor Swift. I, was more I think Zelensky uh, and Taylor Swift would be one, two in almost any draft in America right now, Frank. <laughs> I just want to make sure he's fitting the roster requirements. He has to, you know. That, yeah, that JT, let's, uh, you got you got four directors in there? I don't know. I don't know. We're I gonna have ha- Cameron. We're going to have to make uh, it work. Gerwig. Uh, Wujing Woo- is actor-director. Okay, okay, okay. He's one of your directors. Um, okay, and then we got picks. We still got more picks. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven eight as i said the ninth round uh so you're gonna have uh three more picks jt uh malcolm for your ninth and tenth picks what do you got well you know i think it's time to take uh some music off the board you know you guys got um some pretty powerhouse you know morricone swift kind of when i think about music i think about those people but i think i think this one i think he's also you know up there and i think he might even be there. Might I might even get more points for this because he's kind of like the originator. I'm taking Johann Sebastian Bach for my 27. <laughs> Ooh, that's money. god damn. <laughs> uh, and I was gonna yeah. fuck around and take Tar. That you just shit all over me. God damn, son. That's yeah, that's, that's a, insane. That's a hot pick. That's hot I pick. can't believe he slipped to 27. It is. It's it, this, the this ninth pick. round for Bach. <laughs> <laughs> I think this pick really illuminates, um, you know, what you could do with the studio and, you know, kind of like, uh, you know, the creativity it takes to, to be a great studio head. You know, you want to play it safe, but you also have to, you know, think outside of some boxes that people, you know, might not necessarily think outside of. So Absolutely. I got, I got Bach. And then, you know me. I like the hybrids. I like these hybrid guys. I love these guys that could do two jobs, maybe three. I don't know. And so for my writer, I will be taking a beloved figure. He'll be running the social media for the the studio as well. Paul Schrader. (laughs) Gotta take Paul Schrader. Hell yeah. um, Love it. he's He's just a very versatile guy. I think he could bring a lot to the company. No, I mean that's great. He, you can have him write scripts as well. You, you know, uh, and him running the socials is going to be great. Him running the socials like the on-set reports from a Godard movie. Come on, that's that's as good as it gets. Yeah, I think I think it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, JT, for your tenth pick, who are you going with? Um, we're clipping out another director here. Um, again, uh, I think it's. You you get the Barbenheimer combo. We're we're throwing uh, Chris Nolan up wow. there. He, wow! Again, money numbers. It's people people love it. What can I say? I'm I'm at the will of the people. I just I just do what the numbers tell me. Where they tell me to go, that's where we go. I love it. I love it. Christopher Nolan and Taylor Swift. I mean, you can't get much more fucking normie than that. You're gonna sell. <laughs> you're gonna put some butts in seats right there. Um. So. We have come very far, uh, but we are getting toward the end here. These are going to be the last three 
rounds of the draft. I'm looking at my positional requirements. I think I'm good to go and get some real flex squad shit right here. Because uh, I'm going to save my cinematographer for last because I think that's like the least valuable position right now. Because there's so many great ones, you know, and we're only taking three in the draft. Uh, so I am going to go with... Oh, this is This is a very, very, very hard decision. Um, but you know what? I have to do it. I'm going to have a second composer, uh, and his name is Donald Fagan. Uh, he was from a band Ooh. called Steely Dan uh, in his solo record, The Nightfly. I think you see enough of the uh, the poetry, uh, the, the sardonic, ironic, sarcastic poetry and storytelling and character-based kind of things where if I want to write a musical, you know, like Morricone is not going to write a musical necessarily he could write a score for like one of my screenwriters to write a musical but if i want to make a musical i want donald fagan making the music for my musical uh i think the nightfly is like the aesthetic that like a third of my studio should have um my next pick i'm gonna go with you know what i am gonna get my i am gonna get my cinematographer here uh i'm gonna get i'm gonna get the fucking king man I am going to get Greg Toland. I, I don't think it can get much better than that. The the man That's who nice. birthed Deep Focus, the man who shot, you know, some of Orson Welles and John Ford's greatest pictures, the man who shot just some of the greatest looking films in classic Hollywood history. Uh, imagine him, like what he's going to do with the new technology now. Ah, the dude is just going to fucking go crazy. It was up there for me. I definitely was considering taking Toland. So good work. Uh, now it is to JT again for your second to last pick, I believe. Yeah, for the 32nd pick in the draft. I think I'm going to decide my cinematographer now. Again, there are a lot of uh, great names uh, to pull from. A lot of just folks that uh, we, haven't, uh, we haven't considered. Just like, I, I, and again, I understand why it's a low value position here. A lot of like... We're getting a lot of big directing names. And I, again, not to undermine the value of the cinematographer, but I, I don't know. They're, it's, it can be more of a journeyman role. Um, and I feel like my pick for cinematographer is someone who is like, even though studio, we don't really have art house values. We have someone who can do a little bit of it all. Um, one of my favorites, he's done uh, the uh, Austin Powers movies. Uh, we're going uh, David Lynch work. We're going Peter Deming. Oh, yeah. He was on my list for sure. That dude has a broad, like, he has a broad palette. You know, he can do anything. Exactly. If we only have one cinematographer here at this studio at the moment, uh, I think Deming is pretty, pretty safe, sturdy hands. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Malcolm, your final two picks of the draft. Oh. <gasps> You know, it's it's hard. It's really it comes down to three people I want to take here. I really wish I had another roster spot. I, the guy, the guy I want, you guys won't take. So I'll I'll, I'll mention him afterwards and uh, sound smart. But uh, I'll keep it basic with the first pick. Got to get the cinematographer pick. Who better than Vilmo Zygmunt? I mean, very classic guy. And you know, I think like um, JT's pick. Very versatile. He's worked with, you know, some of the best directors ever. He's made mainstream movies. He's made 
uh, you know, more artistically inclined movies. You know, he's made, he shot some of my favorite movies and um, he's a, he's a guy that's going to intimidate some of these directors. I'm not going to lie. He's going to be on set and these directors are going to be looking to him a little bit. So Vilmos, I, I, I was, I was worried that you were going to take him Eddie actually, but Toland is, is another good pick. I really don't think you could go wrong with the cinematographer pick since there's only one of them. So maybe that's why it's so low. And then, you know, I got a lot of stars, got a lot of guys in my studio that are planets, you know what I mean? Things revolve around them. And I think I want a guy who could, and I think this guy is also a planet, and this is my flex pick. Uh, he's also a planet, but he also has proven he could play third fiddle, fourth fiddle. He could be a 10 minute cameo in a movie and you're excited to see him. But he's also directed movies. And uh, I don't know if he wrote those movies, but I'm sure I'm sure he talked to the screenwriter about it. Um, if he didn't. I'm taking Dennis Hopper. Nice. Love Excellent. that pick. I, I think I think uh, there was another guy that I think had a, had a, a similar uh, quality to him, but I just think Hopper is just a little bit more classic. Was it going to be Gallo? I'll say I'll say it after the draft is done because I don't want you guys to you guys won't pick it even if I say it. But I just you don't want us to have it so that you can get it on the next round of the expansion when we do it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean after I say uh, uh, it, you guys you guys might take it in the next. Draft, yeah, no, so. totally. And there's only two spots left in the draft. Uh, I'm I'm thinking about my last spot right now. But JT, your last spot on your studio roster, who's it going to be? Filling out another flex position is what we have here. Um, I have the actors, I have the directors, cinematographer, uh, composer, and I, I mean, there are just like so many people that I want are still available, and it's just like, but they're they're taking up roles. Like it's like I I'll, I'll read you some names that in consideration, unfortunately, don't make the cut this time around. Airbud, <laughs> Riley Reed. Um, <laughs> Blake Snyder. I actually don't know who that was. So um, it's not even. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, no, there are a lot of big names. Uh, Sam Jackson. Like, I there are a lot of money making, popular guys here. Um, but I, I don't know. I, a lot of my my talk here is about conventional blockbuster, big budget filmmaking. Um, we're kind of my studio is looking. To sort of like, uh, what is it? Uh, vertically integrate. Um, we're looking to own some theaters, and I'm really interested. And I know a lot of the guys on my team are interested in new tech, and we're trying to do some like 4DX crazy shit. Like the seats like tingle your ass. Like when uh, I, whatever I don't know. You you hear the sounds. You shake a little bit. And who better? Uh, to handle these sort of big tech issues than Steve Jobs. Uh, we have Steve Jobs coming on board here as my tech specialist. Um, he, I, I really think, and again, it's like we're like not we're classic movie people. We want a classic popcorn flick here at Crazy White Boy. Um, and but we also want to take it to the next step, give you an experience that you can't really get. At any uh, with any other studio or in any other theater, the Crazy White Boy theater chain to be to develop to develop, of course, but 
We just have our eyes to the future. That's beautiful. I, you know, one time uh, Steve Jobs asked his daughter what it would be like if she could fit a thousand songs in her pocket. And uh, I think that was the end of the movie. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think anything happens after that in his life. Um, <laughs> he definitely doesn't refuse cancer treatment because he thinks like protein shakes are better for you or whatever. He was he's a doing. stubborn guy, yes, but uh, he's gonna he's gonna take us there. <laughs> Knows some good juice recipe too for on set. <laughs> some good juices. Know some elite juice. <laughs> Some elite Jews, yeah. Uh, so my <laughs> final pick, you know, I realize I don't have a dedicated writer. Uh, I have some directors who wrote their pictures. I have some people who may have a screenplay credit somewhere. I have a great writer in Donald Fagan, but I'm not going to let him write all of my movies. Uh, so <laughs> I, uh, I'm taking an unconventional pick. I almost took... And it's the last pick of the draft, so I can say it. I almost took Charlie Kaufman here. He's my favorite, just like screenwriter, screenwriter, screenwriter. That's it, you know. Um, But I'm not doing it. I'm going with someone who's going to shape all of the stories. I'm going to go with just one of the greatest writers, period, of the last hundred years. I'm going to go with Mr. Don DeLillo. Very nice. And, uh, yeah, he is going to shape all of these stories. He's such a movie head, obviously, through his novels that I feel like much like in the 30s and 40s when classic Hollywood studios would have the great novelists of the day come do screenplay credit uh, stuff. And they would just, like, get drunk in their trailer and fuck around, you know, Uh, like Faulkner would be doing that stuff. And, you know, Chandler was so famous for writing those noir novels and that it's like, well, we're going to make them all into movies. You want to just, like, write for the studio? (laughs) Uh, so I think DeLillo being just like the writer of my studio would be fucking sick because you look at all my directors, they're, they're all guys who can at least do their own story treatments, you know, uh, and DeLillo and DeLillo is just going to like shape it thematically and just like really hone in on the greatness there. And also I think Don DeLillo, Donald Fagan together, if they just like cook up an album together, it would be the greatest thing of all time. Like a literary, uh, Sophistapop record <laughs> that's like eight hours long. You mentioning Fagan uh, screenwriting, just that's a hilarious concept. Like, what if Donald Fagan <laughs> was a screenwriter? I, I, I feel like, it, I, to be honest, I feel like the movie there would be like some good ones, but I, be, I feel like there'd just be some that are just like I don't know. I feel it like would be would a lot of uh, unlikable characters. <laughs> <laughs> Like, imagine, like, Babylon Sisters as a movie. That's literally just, like, a softcore porn if you try to adapt that. And it's, like, not a... It's a weird one, too, you know? Yeah. I guess that's a Jess Franco movie. Maybe, you know, maybe Donald Fagan writes Jess Franco movies, and that would be pretty cool. Let me tell you the guy that I... This guy I was going to take, it was Rainer Werner Fassbender. Of course. And why? That man's a one-man film studio. Yeah. You know what I mean? He, He... that guy made what is it like he made like four films a year plus for like 10 years straight you know what i mean that that's like a good value pick that's a guy who could pump out movie after movie so fastbender if we do this again i fastbender will be i have my eyes out for we are going to read out these teams and then take a quick break for the Double E Foundation, Malcolm's team, we have yeah. Orson Welles, Clint Eastwood, Alfred Hitchcock, Alfred Pacino, Lauren Bacall, 
Jean-Luc Godard, David Geffen, for Epstein reasons, apparently, uh, Denzel Washington, <laughs> Johann Sebastian Bach, uh, the composer, not the hair metal singer, uh, Paul Schrader, Vilmos Zygmunt, and Dennis Hopper. That is a bad boy studio right there. That is a studio with some fucking attitude. Crazy white boy films. We got James Cameron. We got Mr. Beast. We got Tom Cruise. We got Shah Rukh Khan. We got Greta Gerwig. We got Wu Jing. Robert McKee just whipping those stories into shape. Zelensky just getting all the liberals. Taylor Swift getting even more liberals. Christopher Nolan. Peter Deming. Steve Jobs getting even more liberals. <laughs> uh, I, I think J- JT is just like the best equipped for the... Um, uh what's it called uh uh uh, the neoliberal uh globalist future uh that that is a studio that's ready ready for and my studio is ready for war it's not ready for the neoliberal future we got picasso pictures with charles chaplin john ford shaquille o'neal lucio fulci ennio morricone jajanka jackie chan judy garland katherine hepburn donald fagan greg toland and don delillo these movies I'm I'm tightening the belt. They're all going to be cheap. They're not going to make a lot of money, but I am going to be known as the god of cinema. Wow. We'll be right back on extended clip. With the first pick in the 2016 NBA draft, the Philadelphia 76ers select Ben Simmons from Melbourne, Australia, and Louisiana State University. A sizable Sixers contingent on hand to celebrate this pick. Ben Simmons from Australia. At various points in his career, he's been compared in terms of skills to a LeBron James type of players. You see Johnny Jones, his coach for one year at LSU, and that Sixers hat now goes on to Simmons as he makes his way to greet Adam Silver. And we're back on extended clip we just had one of the great drafts tantamount to the 2003 nba draft uh for picasso pictures crazy white boy films and the double e foundation how does it feel you guys to be in this alternate reality it's like nas said if i ruled the world you know he's and it's it's kind of i now i rule the world i rule the world of cinema and it feels good to be running things i i always knew where i should be is on top and now I'm finally there. So I like that amazing. part of that Nas song is like, if I ruled the world, people would be allowed to smoke weed. That's true. <laughs> I agree. Co-sign. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I'm such a big fan of the song. It speaks true. Of truth true. True. I forget that it has only been legal for white people for a long time. <laughs> um, so as we wrap up this fantasy draft here, uh, I want to I want to do a little exercise here where each of us kind of shapes a movie and we're not going to go too in depth on this, but just off the dome, kind of looking at what we got here. Um, I I could see something right away. I could see Donald Fagan's The Night Fly, the musical. I think this could be a complete odyssey of just like 
adult contemporary sleaze. You know, it's going to be shot beautifully in uh, not quite in tinted black and white by Greg Toland. And uh, he's going to be flirting with Judy Garland and flirting with Catherine Hepburn. And when I say he, I do not mean Donald Fagan as the leading man. I mean, Charles Chaplin as the as the titular Nightfly. Uh, Hello, Baton Rouge. He is spinning his records, talking to people on the radio. It's kind of like going to be like a Oliver Stone's talk radio, but in an adult contemporary way. And Charles Chaplin, you know, he's like he's talking. It's like Monsieur Verdoux era Chaplin, and he's using his voice like an instrument like that. And uh, yeah, the music, it's just it's all about uh, those those strange down bad uh, literary tales of the Nightfly. And it, of course, ends with him getting the goodbye look given to him by Judy Garland uh, because she's gone off to go with Jackie Chan now. So that's my movie. It's called The Nightfly. That's a bold decision to go Fagan, very Fagan centric. Yeah, Fagan forward is. Yeah. (laughs) interesting probably the least Look, profitable guy on your roster <laughs> i was gonna say dude steely dan but, is hey. huge now steely dan like every millennial and zoomer loves steely dan now all of a sudden so it's i true. think i think yeah. that's huge you know you know what uh and i'm gonna relay a story that uh malcolm gladwell relayed from david geffen uh you know david geffen said if he started a new studio he wouldn't even take on new talent just all catalog and steely dan that's a catalog that's getting more and more popular every day yeah, Geffen, we've been talking about Batman and Geffen buying all the rights <laughs> of the old movies, so I think we might do that. Um, it's a good idea. I've got I've got a movie in my head, you know. I've You know, Marriage Story, tantamount hit. People couldn't stop talking about it. And they, they started mm-hmm. thinking about their own marriages and how secure they were. And then, little did I, little do I know, I, I see a clip going viral in the Red Pill uh, Maniverse from the breakup, uh, Vince Vaughn, Jennifer Aniston. And so it seems like people really like these couple movies, but I kind of want to, you know, what's in these days? People like couples, but nowadays people are talking about thruples, you know and I mean? A little polyamory. And I kind of want to uh, take the old, the old guard, the old classic guys and put them in a modern situation. And uh, my, my movie is called Love is War. And it's about a, a polyamorous relationship between a very fat Orson Welles, as fat as we've ever seen him, <laughs> Lauren Bacall, and a very uh, 90s Al Pacino. And <laughs> at, first, at first, it's, you know, it's uh, hedonist paradise. It's nonstop sweaty, you know, scenes of Orson Welles and Pacino and P- uh, uh, call throwing down in the bedroom with Vilmo Zygmunt. You know he's smearing a little bit of Vaseline on the lens, and he's uh, you know he's he's ducking in to get certain angles, and you know we get a good shot of Wells just fucking the shit out of whoever it might be on the bed, and then you know <laughs> Wells <Like> a- <laughs> Carlos <laughs> Regatta style fat yeah, guy yeah. fucking cinema. <laughs> That's, but it's like it's not quite regatta style like it's eroticized it's it's desired you know what i mean oh you don't get off watching those regatta movies and and uh it's it's you know it, it at first it, they all get along but they kind of realize both the boys uh wells and pacino 
they want they want the girl to themselves. They don't want to do this polyamorous nonsense. They want real love. And they're talking to their friends. Wells is friends with Denzel. He's talking to Denzel. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, Pacino, he's talking to Godard, you know, the smart guy at work or whatever. He's talking about his problems. And then the twist at the end of the movie is that Bacall leaves with a sexual maniac, Dennis Hopper, who just knows all the sadistic and kind of blue velvet sex style that she truly desire it's kind of a twist you kind of think you Uh-oh. know how could how could she not she has to pick the whole thing it's like she has to pick it's jules and jim it's it's this and then there was a third guy the whole time it was it was old dennis hopper and then we got the box soundtrack budget is wow. like 500 million dollars thanks to david <laughs> and uh clint clint could uh <laughs> clint could do some original songs on the soundtrack and we got uh yeah Oh yeah, I really forgot Clint about role. Clint. Yeah, interesting Clint role. <laughs> See, I didn't, I didn't shoehorn in my guys like that, but I kind of want Jackie Chan to sing a song in mine now. <laughs> if we could get Jackie Chan and Jajunka singing a song together. <laughs> anyway, JT, what kind of movie are you pitching? Um, I think we we teased it out a little bit earlier, but I think you know where we're going. I am going like you know like a classic like an old big hollywood epic sometimes like how the west was won Mm -hmm. would have like three different directors um we're telling the story of ukraine the ukrainian (laughs) uh russian war uh the film is just titled ukraine um or wait what was the what was the territory that initially started over that might be a punchier title um The Crimean Crimean Peninsula. Eh, I feel like Ukraine. Ukraine is cleaner. Um, <laughs> and so we got Chris Nolan. I would say is helming the uh, the vast like the the vast majority of it. McKee is going to give him a script that kind of I don't know. I, I I like Nolan a lot, but it's going to be a little bit more conventional, like a little bit less expository. We're giving him something that is truly tightly structured. Um, of course it stars uh Shah Rukh Khan and Tom Cruise. They're on opposing sides. Cruise is uh the face of Putin's Russia. Shah Rukh Khan uh, is fighting uh, on the side of the Ukrainians. Gerwig is going to handle uh, directing the musical numbers. Um, then uh, Cameron is going to be involved in just like the Cameron and Jobs are going to work in concert uh, for doing very effects heavy. We're going to, it's, this is going to be Mr. Beast in all of his wonderful philanthropy. He is going to be putting a vast sum of his, uh, uh, personal wealth into this picture because it's going, it's going to be insanely expensive. We get the Zelensky cameo where he's playing himself, delivering these beautiful, beautifully written McKee speeches that will tug at your heartstrings. Uh, it's, it, it, it is going to be insane. Uh, I think Swift, I mean, there's going to probably be a Ukraine, uh, title track, potentially something Viva La Ukraine, um, that like is going to play, it's all grace notes, play over the credits, 
but I think we're going to take her like kind of folkier roots uh, to just give like a nice uh, sort of, I, I don't want to say muted score, um, but I, I think we'll be able to work her sensibility in tastefully. I, I think so too. I think you just crafted one of the great hits of the 21st century. I think this would genuinely be like the biggest movie of all time, probably. You got Mr. Beast, Tom Cruise, SRK, and Taylor Swift, and the word Ukraine. That's literally all you need to make a billion dollar movie. I think all you need to do now is just like Ukraines with a dollar sign through it. <laughs> Yeah. No, that sounds like the, it sounds like the biggest movie of all time, and I can't wait. I, I hope it's like a you know half of it is in uh, English, half of it's in Ukrainian. There might be some kind of like past lives, yeah, globalist technique where it's like multi language type stuff, so you could sell it to different audiences. I, I mean, if you want to get in on a co production, I think I think it, it would be a great business opportunity. Yeah. Oh, so. yeah. I totally space Wu Wu Jing will portray a role in the film but also will be heavy hand in like martial arts like uh, cor- just choreography in general here <laughs> sorry there's this picture of donald fagan <laughs> he was so <laughs> fucked up <laughs> all right sorry <laughs> no that's great i love the, the the arm position holding that coke <laughs> Oh, we've re- truly created some great art today, haven't we? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm... This the, is the future of the, the podcast and the future of the alternate reality cinema. Uh, don't worry if you really hated this. This is not the entire future of the podcast, but I had too much fun to not ever go back to this. So we're definitely going to go back to this at some point. Yeah, and I, you know, it's this could be... Imagine if this was real, it'd be pretty cool. It would be pretty cool. I mean, that's really all those people that play role-playing games can say is like, imagine if this was real. It would be really cool. And I always thought they were fucking losers, but now I get it. Because it's like elves and magistrates and all that fucking stupid shit. Like, nobody cares. But movies are sick. Sports are sick. So it's like, yeah, totally. I get it. Uh, So that's going to do it for extended clip this week, I think. Uh, yeah, we've gotten way long enough. Uh, extendedclippodcast at gmail.com is where you can reach us with emails. You send it. We read it. Uh, we will be back on the Patreon next week uh, or in a few days, I guess. Um, you know, I all I can say is sign, if you liked this and even if you didn't, sign up for the Patreon so we can continue doing bullshit like this because it's a lot of fun for some of us, you know. Uh, next episode will be Some Came Running by Vincent Minnelli on the next Patreon episode. Are we doing audience voting on the drafts or, uh, or is that? Yeah, let's, uh, you-, you know, uh, we're, we're going to figure something out on Twitter, too. If you're, if you're listening to this, you know, uh, I think we'll probably already have figured something out uh, online for some sort of voting system for whose movie was the best uh, movie slash studio, you know. Uh, and yeah, so we'll see you next time. Uh, that was a lot of fun. And goodbye, everybody.